we've all heard of millennials and the great resignation. Is it true? Is it accurate? Stay tuned and find out. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Now, periodically, I actually pick up articles from an organization called The Financial Brand. They uh, opine mostly on matters related to the financial services industry, and I'm always fascinated and learn a lot uh, by the information that I get from them. If you're not in banking, probably wouldn't have much relevance for you, but there's something similar to that for your industry. So you should always be looking for places where you can learn about what's going on. The article that I was reading recently was about the great resignation. And I'll put the link to the article itself in the show notes in case you wanna go out and look at it. So this article was illustrating that the COVID pandemic had forced financial institutions to shut down all their branches. And that really changed the dynamic of how and where employees were deployed to continue offering banking services. Now it's a double-edged sword with Customers now even more likely to perform transactions outside of the physical offices, you know, reducing the need for traditional branch uh, personnel. Meanwhile, bank employees were forced to work from home and subsequently, well, two things happened. It turns out that the customer can be adequately served with customers working remotely, and some of those employees really liked not having to come to the office. Now, as this financial brand article pointed out, the issue is not hiring the most qualified candidate. The issue is expanding the pool of applicants such that those that have potential skills outside of direct banking experience can have the opportunity to compete for jobs. Meaning if you're hiring the best candidate out of a larger pool of applicants, that's the plus. Now, over the many years I have started and run multiple fintech companies, some of the best employees had literally no experience in the specific job that I was offering, but had those intangible skills that made them excellent candidates. For example, I had a retired veteran whose job in the military was EOD, which is (laughs) diffusing unexploded bombs. So, you know, he was head of the customer support, unflappable and as excellent at problem solving and understood the concept of achieving results with tight deadlines. So how does a financial institution find and hire and keep the employees that will ensure long term success? Now, these challenges are real and probably for your business as well. And not the least of it is the perception that, you know, financial institutions are not particularly innovative, fun places to work. And that could be true of your business also. The one, that one fact likely means that the number and quality of candidates you would get for a particular job is smaller than it otherwise would have been. Now, that financial brand article pointed out that a 2021 Deloitte survey found 40% of bankers felt like their workforce was unprepared for the changes that will be required to deliver future banking services. So combine that with under two years of tenure that most millennials work at a bank before moving on, and you can see how the problem is starkly illuminated. So again, right here, I'll just stop. And I'm talking about you know financial institutions, and that's the world that I live in. But what about the parallel to your business? I mean, it, again, doesn't matter if you're a florist or you run an airline or, or you're operating a funeral home. 
these same types of issues apply. Now, again, the article goes further and talks about how staffing bank branches and the inherent challenges uh, that are a part of that. And, you know, this is a subject of what banks should do with these oversized, mostly empty branches. I've talked and written about this a lot. So if you run your branches essentially like they have been for the last 30 years, is it any wonder that there's a lack of enthusiasm in working in one, right? In other words, how excited is somebody really about going to work in a traditional bank branch? Okay, ask this question of your business. How excited are people to actually come to work? The physical location is the key area that should be the target of innovations, where we change the whole focus, perhaps away from transactions to engagement. Remember, Everything that can happen within a financial institution can now be done online, can be done with a mobile phone. So you don't have to go to the branch to do transactions. Now, if you had the idea that you were going to move to engagement, you can start moving the staffing of branches to younger employees that would more closely align with the very customers that you're trying to attract. Even more important, you can have engagement activities in the physical location that would specifically target bringing in younger customers. Now, does that sound scary or ridiculous or crazy? I bet it sounds like a great job to a 24-year-old that's looking to make a difference, not just make payroll. Now, another place I looked to find insight was the blog of a woman named Jill Christensen. So Jill has been a featured speaker at the uh, summer conference of our financial institution, and her writing is really smart and timely. And I'll put her blog in the show notes so you can have it. But a recent blog titled, The Most Important Thing a Leader Must Do Post-COVID is this. Jill referenced Patrick Lencioni. I hope I have pronounced that correctly. He wrote a bestseller called The Five Dysfunction of a Team. You might have already read uh, that book, even if you couldn't pronounce Lencioni. And specifically the advice to get the right people on your team. So in addition to hiring for like a values match, uh, Lencioni was saying it's crucial to hire people who possess humility, hunger, and smarts. Humility, hunger, and smarts. And he says if even one of those is missing, then that's probably not going to work out well. So think about that. Uh, think about your next, maybe you're about to hire right now. How have you assessed that candidate's humility, hunger, and raw intelligence? So Jill Christensen follows this quote, quote with her own insight. She says, rather than hiring people who have experience doing a certain job, hire people with a positive attitude who possess humility, hunger, and smarts, and then train them to do the job. As I always say, you can train any smart person to do any job, but you can't train for values. Hire a values match and a teamwork environment will flourish a critical component in our new world of work. Sage advice from Jill Christensen. So most financial institutions have formal policies for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And yet as an industry, we have a long way to go to really see a more diverse workforce. And our bank is no different, and we're currently engaged in a concerted effort to increase our level of DEI that is represented in our own workforce. But outside of race and gender, sexual orientation, you know, there's other issues that work to limit the pool of candidates that we consider if we were hiring at our bank. So we look for those that already have bank experience, but most banks are really not that diverse. Then how diverse would the candidates be if they already work at a bank, right? Outside of a direct banking experience, you know, we often look at 
tangential elements. Perhaps somebody worked at a mortgage or insurance or some other type of company. But as Jill points out, there are potential employees out there that may not have a traditional background for banking, but who would make excellent employees if they were given a chance. So as I write and put this out on the podcast, I was introduced recently to a new FNBB employee who works in our deposit operations area. And so I was just chatting her up and asked about her prior job. Well, what did you do before you joined FNBB? And she said she worked at a child daycare facility. Now, your immediate thought would be like, what does working at a daycare facility would prepare one for career in bank operations? And the answer is nothing. But this individual is bright, humble, and hungry. She is eagerly working to learn her new job at FNBB. But more importantly, she got the job because an existing FNBB employee used that daycare where she worked and saw and interacted with her and decided that her attitude and work ethic was what mattered more than any specific knowledge about the banking industry. Kudos to that employee. Now, at the end of the day, we can teach anyone that's smart, hungry, and humble to do just about any kind of job. What you can't teach is the attitude that will take to adjust to how your business is gonna change over the coming years. So as I've frequently said, enthusiasm cannot be taught, but it can be caught. <laughs> Let me say that again. Enthusiasm cannot be taught, but it can be caught. So if you bring in a young millennial into your organization and then infuse them with your culture and teach them how to do the job for which they were hired, the key to retaining them is whether or not they feel their job ultimately is meaningful. Take a millennial and tell them that it's important for them to be a banker, that banking and bankers serve an important place in society. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, their reaction, you know, is going to be, oh, come on, really? Banking? Really? But, but what, what, if, what if they realize that they were the tip of the spear? What if you're... What if your organization was embarking on a five-year journey to transform your business into one that is specifically aligned to how young millennials and Gen Zs will want to purchase goods and services? And you're hiring younger engaged millennials to be an integral part of making that happen. And it's evident to everyone that you're serious about this, not just paying lip service to it. And it's happening across the entire enterprise, especially from the board and C-suite on down. Now, that sounds like a job a millennial or Gen Z might get behind and want to sign up for. Now, I also want to point out that there is a difference in generational thinking. For example, those that identify as Gen X, often overlooked generation, quite frankly, are today in senior leadership positions at financial institutions and other businesses. Both the CEOs of my bank and the bank holding company are Gen Xers. So Gen Xers are open to new ideas, but are generally more likely to model their baby boomer parents than millennials do. Some older millennials actually identify as Gen Xers. So what makes younger millennials and Gen Zs think so differently? Why won't they grow up and model their Gen X older millennial parents? Well, for one, they're digital natives and their expectation of service is driven by the nature of their consumption habits. When I explain to a baby boomer that there's an online gaming service that has 75,000 millennials and Gen Cs that are watching e-gamers play a video game, they are incredulous. What, what, what? Why would they do that? It just seems ridiculous to them. Well, wait a second. 
How different is that from 75,000 of us baby boomers pouring into the football stadium to watch a college football game? I don't have to personally understand or even agree with the consumption habits of millennials and Gen Zs to accept that it's real. So let me share some thoughts directly to the generational groups. So first, key advice to baby boomers. You can't fool the millennials and Gen Zs. If you talk a transformation game, but don't follow through, then you lose all credibility and they'll jump ship. You must be authentic and genuinely seeking change. Now, it's okay to make mistakes along the way. Hey, we can't be expected to know who all those performers were in the 2022 Super Bowl, after all. But we have to understand that our future customers do know all of those performers and they like what they saw. So we need to enable their likes and preferences, both as customers and as employees, to show them that we'll walk the talk. Now, to Gen Xers, you have an opportunity to bridge the baby boomer and younger millennials, uh, Gen Zs, that, that gap. And as leaders, you need to encourage the future leaders who are younger and strike the balance between how you were schooled to provide traditional services in traditional ways and encourage the changes that will enable your organization to be relevant to tomorrow's younger customers. Here's a key indicator. How do you feel about tattoos? And how will that start to show up uncovered in your retail locations or on-camera locations will be a key indicator of your pace of change. Now, to millennials and Gen Cs, you guys are tagged with a label of quickly jumping ship from job to job, never staying around long enough to develop a career. Now, okay, it's unfair label, right? We can't label a whole generation, but it's not wholly unfounded. So I'm going to post a graphic on the um, show notes that exemplifies the career path that most young people follow. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's an XY graph with value on the Y axis and time on the X axis. And so most millennials, young millennials, Gen Zs, think that they, that they live in a Y equals X world. So if you remember your 10th grade geometry, that's going to be a straight line going up 45 degrees, which means if, I, if I'm at this place over two years, my value, where I'm at, I'm going to be vice president, I'm going to have achieved this salary, whatever advancement that they think they're going to make, uh, invariably their expectations are way too high. So if they really are thinking that their career is like that, they're disappointed, right? And so uh, it's not uh, it's not crazy that that they might jump ship. The real issue is, and, and again, you'll see this second graphic in the show notes. We we live in a y equals x squared world, and if you plot out y equals x squared, you'll see that it's a curved line that starts off very very slowly and then rapidly increases. So if you were to plot where a millennial thinks they're supposed to be in two years and where they actually are, you can see the difference in, quote, the disappointment level. And in fact, many millennials really quit and move on right before things are going to uh, take off, right? And so when you start a new job, that means you go back to the beginning, right? You literally are starting over. It's almost like a hamster on a wheel. It's unfortunate, but but it really is true. And I want to give a shout out to Michael Lee Chen, who is the chairman of Jamaica's Economic Council Growth, for giving this example. I heard him speak, uh, and I just was, uh, thought this was so profound. I also have a link in the show notes that talks more detailed about this XY thinking. And so if you want to click on that, you can read that as well. Now, what's the point? If you're offered an opportunity to work, at an organization and you feel like you're not advancing as fast as you should, 
Well, take a good hard look at your situation and see if you're about to jump ship, right, as it might start really getting good. Have a serious conversation with your manager. Share your frustrations and seek out the counsel of other senior officials whose opinion you respect. But don't just throw your sucker in the dirt and walk away. Now, for everyone, baby boomers, Gen X, older, younger millennials, Gen Zs, you all have amazing contributions to offer. We can learn a lot from each other. But the collaboration has to start at an inflection point of common interest, which is to provide the services of your organization in a manner that tomorrow's customers, your future customers, are interested in consuming. Now, all working together, we can advance in a structured manner that takes our organizations to a place of real significance. And and, and let's face it, it could be three to five years down the road before we get there. We have to be open to the talents and expertise that will be needed tomorrow and provide existing staff a path to upgrade and acquire new skills. Hey, I hope this was uh, interesting and valuable to you. You can reach out to me at david at davidpeterson.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.